So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into this meeting place tonight. Uh, Lord, I acknowledge I can't move people closer to you. But Holy Spirit, that's what you do. You're called the helper. You help us to know Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, your anointing in this place, that you would make these truths real to our hearts. Lord, not just information, but revelation that changes us. Lord, let us leave this place having heard from Jesus, not just from Derek, but from Jesus. Give us ears to hear, and I ask for a spirit of encouragement right now. On all gathered here, those through Facebook, those listening to the recording, encourage your people And all the more as we see the day of the Lord quickly approaching in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, we're on a series called Prayer. We've been on this for four or five weeks. I felt the Spirit just kind of touch my heart and say, you need to talk about the joy related to prayer Because a lot of people have this view that prayer is drudgery. And if you're doing it right, you're kind of oppressed and you grit your teeth and you kind of, this is hard, and then that means it's worth it. And I have this growing sense that the real sweet spot of prayer is when we enjoy it. That's where the Lord's taking not only prayer on an individual level, but the prayer movement that will crescendo to fullness. I mean, we're going to have a praying church before Jesus comes back, but it's not going to be grumpy prayer. It's not going to be like, Lord, we don't really like you, but I'll go to the prayer meeting because my pastor told me. We are going to love prayer. Just like two people who are in love, they love to talk to each other. We are going to be in love with God, and he, we're going to know how much He loves us. And so we're going to want to talk a lot, and that's called prayer. So the title tonight is Prayer and the Promise of Joy. And I've got a whole bunch of notes. I don't know how much I'm actually going to go off of my notes. I'm just kind of excited to talk about this subject. But we might get to it a little bit. But really what I want to stress tonight is that the Christian life is an invitation to joy. And... More specifically, to move into that place of joy, Jesus says, come talk to me. Because the more you connect with me and learn who I am, there will be this deep growing sense of enjoyment. And it doesn't matter what goes on around you. And so right off the bat, I want to say this. There is this competing desire within us. We want to be happy. We know that. Deep on the inside, we feel like, man, I just want to be happy. But there's this circumstantial happiness that the world offers that is inferior to what Jesus offers, which is called joy. You don't want a circumstantial happiness Like, I'm not happy, so I'm going to plan some extreme thing next year and look forward to it and then do that and be happy for 10 minutes and then take the next year and be depressed and then plan another thing. And that's circumstantial happiness. But Jesus offers us a relationship with Him where we can have this growing on the inside, growing sense of enjoyment. 
Now here's the good news. When you came to know Jesus, in that moment where you believed, the Bible describes that salvation event. You might not have even felt it. Some people do. They're like, ooh, I felt the Spirit and I got saved. Other people are like, I just said a prayer and that's all I know. But in that moment where you first believed and came to know the Lord, I may need help here, ushers. <laughs> oh, that's good. Thank you, sweetie. I'll just assume that meant good job. Keep going. All right. But when you first believed, the Bible says you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And from having a dead spirit on the inside, you received a Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Now, if tonight you're saying, I don't really know if I I have a relationship with Jesus, don't leave tonight until you do. Let us pray with you. Because when you believe, the Holy Spirit indwells you, and that's really the power source of living for God. Because we can't live for God without God. Religion says live for God by trying hard. Jesus says, let me live in you, and over time there will be this growing sense of empowerment as you talk to him and grow in him. All right, so there's this circumstantial happiness and there's this joy that Jesus offers. Now, I love to be happy. I love when circumstances align and I got some money in the bank and the kids haven't yelled at me too much and my wife's happy with me, the neighbors are happy, ministries. I love when everything aligns, but to be honest, it happens like once every three years. (laughs) And so to live for like... Ten of those is kind of oppressing. But if I just step back from my vision being circumstantial happiness to I get to have joy no matter what comes my way, and I don't mean giddy every second, minute, hour of the day. I mean this deep sense of contentedness that whether difficulties or blessings come my way, I can have this deep sense of, Lord, you're good in this. And so I'm good. And I'm even a little happy about it. Because I know even though it's hard, it's producing something in me of character that will bless me in the long term. A lot of folks today, they're living moment to moment pursuing happiness so they're not acquiring the character necessary to take them the 30, 40, 50 year journey. It's hard. We need character. So we got to go through stuff. And as we go through it, as we respond rightly, our relationship with God develops, we mature, and one of the fruits of that, Paul says, there's how many fruits of the Spirit? I'm doing a pop quiz here. How many? Any theologians in the house? Paul says there's these fruits of the Spirit that begin to emerge in in your life if you're doing this right. Okay, I got nine there. Okay, we got Mandy's a theologian. That's why I married her. (laughs) Paul says one of the things that's going to begin to show in your life is joy. Now, having said that, let me just say this. I recognize that there's all kinds of personalities and temperaments and moods and mental dispositions and medicines for issues. So this can be somewhat of a sensitive topic. And I understand that because there's always someone that says, man, I'm just not happy. In fact, I'm depressed a lot. I know I should be in joy, but I'm not. And I don't want 
I don't want you to be condemned. But what I do want you to get tonight is a vision that there's more. And I praise God that Jesus didn't say, come follow me, it's depressing. He said, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men, it will be an adventure, you'll touch people and you'll have fun. Come follow me, it'll be the worst time of your life. I'm so glad he didn't say that. I'm so glad that he invites us into this crazy adventure where it's hard, but it produces something deep within us. And then over time, we get this deep sense of, you know what, this is worth it. I'm actually learning to enjoy it. I want to give you a vision of joy. Ultimately, let me just backtrack. So don't come away from this tonight thinking, you know what, I should be joyful, but I'm not. No matter where you're at tonight, I'm not trying to say a message where if you're not healed of depression or clinical depression that you're not spiritual. Absolutely not. What I am trying to give you a vision for, there's joy available in Christ. And the longer you follow him, the more that that will become true. That's true in my life. Doesn't mean I don't have tough days. Doesn't mean I don't have tough weeks. Doesn't mean I don't have tough seasons. But I know that there's joy in Christ. There's this tension in in the Bible. We're called to mourn. And yet the Bible says that joy comes in the morning after we mourn. We're told to... um, to mourn, we're told that there will be suffering, we're told that there's trial, there's tribulation, but we're also told that there's joy. We're told that there's gladness. The Bible describes Jesus as the most glad man that ever lived. It says that he was anointed with gladness more than his companions, which could mean two things. It could mean more more than any other person, but it also could mean more than the angels. No matter how you describe it, Jesus is a glad man. Let me ask this question before we get going. Do you see God as joyful? (laughs) Do you see God as joyful? I believe this is one of the most significant revelations we're going to grow in, in our generation. We're going to start to look at God when we pray, not as this angry God only, but is a glad-hearted, joyous man. We begin to look at him, we begin to talk to him, and we become like him, the Bible says. We become what we behold. And as we see this glad father, this glad son, this glad Holy Spirit, we in turn become that. Now let's skip forward to John 16. Excuse me. You can look on your notes there or you can flip to your Bible. John 16, 24 I'm going to just briefly touch on my notes. John 16, 24, Jesus is laying out what I believe is one of the premier passages on discipleship. John 14 through 17. He says, if you do these particular things, it's clear you love me in essence. He, I mean, John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Read those chapters if you want to be a disciple. Oh, man. I did a four or five week series on those chapters a few months back. You can go on the website, they're all there. 
But in the middle of that discipleship discourse, he makes a statement that just every time I read it, I go, it just can't be true. We, we need to scratch that out of the Bible. It just can't be right. But how many know, Noah, that the Bible's not wrong, is it? The Bible's the Word of God, right? Yeah, unless it's the wrong Bible. Jesus says this one line, and this is what we're going to take away tonight. Mandy, you ready for this? John sixteen twenty four. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. He's beginning to teach them about prayer. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive... But there's not a period right there. There's a comma. Guys, you're about to find out that I am God and you can pray to me in my name. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be resurrected. A few things are going to happen. You don't fully understand. But there's coming a day you will begin to pray in my name and when you do, you're going to receive answers and comma, what else? right there on the notes that your joy may be full this is good news tonight Jesus gives this incredible he makes this connection if you want to experience joy in fact he even gets a little more specific because he says Not that you just would have joy. He says that your joy may be what? Partial? That your joy may be a little bit increased. That your joy may be full. So Jesus throws out this one-liner, as he often does, that's just packed with all kinds of insight. Jesus says, in essence... If you want joy, start talking to me. Because there's this thing called prayer. You begin to interact with me. You develop a life of prayer. You get a culture of prayer going in your ministry. You're going to begin to touch joy. And not only that, there will be this growing sense of, I am filled with joy at different times. I stand here tonight. I'm not going to try to paint it all pie in the sky life is hard but this verse is true and because I take God up on his word and because I pray and my family prays and this house of prayer prays we see answers we see things happen that produce a joy in my heart that nothing else in this world can do I mean, guys, when you're broke and you pray for money and God gives you the exact amount to the dollar that you need for groceries that week, that makes you feel like God loves you. And it's not just a plastic, fake love. It's a deep, profound joy knowing God, He takes care of me. He really does love me. There's just nothing that can compare. Jesus is connecting prayer and answers to prayer with the greatest amount of joy the human spirit can experience. 
The whole world's looking to be happy. I'm not going to get down on Disney World. I'm not going to get down on traveling. All I'm just saying the whole world is, is just begging to have something fulfill them. And Jesus says, here's, here's the way you do it. You ask for things in my name. The answer comes through and your spirit gets touched with a joy that's transcendent. You can't, nothing else can do this. You know what's so cool is when I see my kids get their prayers answered. So many people think, well, I haven't been a Christian for a hundred years yet and I haven't read the Bible a million times and so probably God won't listen to me. No, I see kids get their prayers get answered. It blows my mind. I'm going to leave names out of this testimony. I always forget to get permission. A young boy recently came to this very house, sat right here in the circle that we sit in every single night, and he said, I've been going fishing with my dad, but every time we go fishing, we catch no fish. Will you pray that we'll catch fish? I, oh, that's a good one. We, gotta, we have a God who loves to give fish. Imagine going to your fishing with your dad and never catch a fish. I think it was the last four times, right? Lo and behold, we pray, and the next time they went, the next day they caught three fish. And that young boy knew God likes to answer prayers for fish. He was happy about that. But when I see these answers again and again and again, see, the world says, oh, that's a cute coincidence. I go, no, we have a God who answers prayer. That touches me. And when you rack up dozens and hundreds and thousands of little answers to prayer like that, you just get happier. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean you're perfect. But man, when he answers our prayers... We've prayed stuff this week. Joe knows this. Andrew knows this. The people who... We're seeing answers to prayer this week. Things we're praying this week. God answers it this week. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes months. We got the swimmers here with us tonight. And grandma's in the house. All right. Things are going to get real interesting. Ultimately, I wanted to highlight John 16, 24. And let's just make three recap observations. Jesus connects answers to prayer with joy. Never forget that. Never forget that there is joy in talking to Jesus. There's nothing like, Lord, I need this or I need that, and he answers. Man, there's just... I'm trying to sell you on prayer, if you can tell. What about the prayers that aren't answered? I don't, I don't know. There are so many hundreds of prayers that I've never gotten an answer on. Might take years, might take decades. But there's many that I have seen answered. And it puts a gladness in me that I can't explain. Peter used this term of, of joy unspeakable, full of glory. Peter had this phrase. He's like, I, I can't really describe it. It's just joy unspeakable, full of glory. There were things he understood because he spent three years physically with Jesus. I mean, imagine if you were walking with him for three years. I mean, there would just be certain things that would happen that you just couldn't describe. That's what he's offering here. This fullness, this being filled, this joy unspeakable. Again, not every day, not every moment, 
but this growing depth of, man, this is enjoyable. Following Him and seeing these answers to prayer. I'm going to skip all the way down to number three. Joy in the Christian life. The Gospel makes many references to joy. Even in this discipleship discourse, John 14 through 17, Jesus says many times, you do this, you'll have my joy. He makes these connections. You do this, you'll have fullness of joy. One of them is prayer. As I've mentioned, Paul, one of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is joy. In fact, I think it's worth noting when Paul lists out the nine fruits of the Spirit, he says, of course, love's number one, joy number two. You think joy is like, we don't need joy. I mean, it's a nice add-on. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kind of, I don't know all of them. <laughs> joy is up the list. It's two. It's like behind the most important virtue. I like this one. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 57, 56, 7 rather. He says, there is going to be coming a day where Gentiles come into the house of prayer and there will be joy in my house of prayer. And I believe one of the applications of that prophetic reality is that when we purpose to have a prayer culture in our ministry, it lends toward having joy. Hi there, princess. She's got the joy, joy down in her heart, doesn't she? (laughs) All right, please don't touch any of those buttons even if you're really happy. That will make me sound very bad very soon. There's a lot in the Bible about joy. Jesus says one of the main ways there, talk to me, connect with me, pray. Down to letter D at the bottom of the notes, this is of course not to negate in any way or minimize or downplay the sadness you may experience the painful, sorrowful seasons of life. There are seasons that I would describe as the dark night of the soul. Even Jesus, the most glad man to ever live, who said, for the joy set before me, I'm going to endure this cross, he did have to go through that dark night of the soul. He did have to go to the cross, and that really did physically hurt very much so. And so we're called at times to go through a, a season where it's a suffering season, a dark night of the soul, God refining us, God crushing us so that the anointing on our life can increase. There are difficulties, but in the long run, you stay in it, and it's like this fragrance begins to diffuse from your life. People start to say, I notice Christ in you. You're different. You're not giddy all the time, but there's joy there. How did you get that? Well, I just followed Jesus through the ups and downs of life. He's faithful and I trust Him. And He's done a work on the inside. I've learned to forgive. I've learned to do this. The longer you stick with this man, the more you become like Him. And one of those things is joy. You can throw away every self-help book every guru and you can just go with what Jesus offers and you'll be way better off. The greatest guru, the greatest self-help guy, his name is Jesus and the author of life knows how to do life. You follow him, you experience life and part of it is being glad on the inside. 
Again, we still get persecuted. We still suffer. There's hardships. There's rough nights of no sleep because you got five kids and they wake up and all these things happen. Hang in there. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. Something emerges from the inside that you can't produce, that no amount of faking it can produce. It's just there because you have followed him. So pain is real. Sadness is real. We don't minimize it. We don't act like you shouldn't do that. No, we mourn. People die. Life's hard. We go through pandemics. I mean, there's so much we go through, but we begin to interpret it differently. We begin to see things differently as we follow Christ. We become grateful. We become thankful. We begin to say crazy things like, like the Bible says, be thankful in all things. Like, really? All things? Yeah, if you, be, if you be thankful in everything, God does a deep work. And so we begin to say things like, Lord, thank you. There's a pandemic sweeping the world, but we believe that although we're going through difficulty, some good's going to come out of it. There's going to be a harvest that comes out of it. People's hearts are going to be a little more open. And so we, we have this, we're, it's like our heart's always leaning toward joy because we know God's going to do something good through it. Amen to that. So friends, Jesus promised us. Let's just, one more time, John 16, 24. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for those here. I thank you for those on Facebook and those who will hear this recording maybe this coming week or maybe months or years from now. I simply ask that you would make us a people of prayer. Make us a house of prayer. Individually, corporately, globally. Make your church a people of prayer so that we touch this place of joy. Joy that the world cannot offer, that only heaven can offer, that only you can give, Lord Jesus. And I pray tonight, everyone here, hearing this message, would have a fresh touch of the joy of the Lord that you said through uh, in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we believe that tonight. And I ask that you would just touch our hearts with joy. Amen and amen. Yeah, you can turn that off for me. Make sure to post it. And let's just, as in closing after that, we're going to just kind of get into a standing circle up front here. I'll move this stuff back and we're just going to pray for one another for a quick minute. Yeah, please share that. So make your way up here if you can. And we will pray. Amen.